Hey Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. Yes, now it's a little bit on the normal, but not on the normal day. I will try to be getting back to being on Mondays again. Um, it's just it's been really hectic and busy and things haven't like kind of flowed through as I would like. But um, at the same time, it's not been bad, if that makes sense. Um, as for what's going on here, well, last week we finally got back from our Thanksgiving trip and then we been taking like a few days to kind of chill and also a few days to kind of work on some of the projects we need to do here at the house so i haven't really been invested in a lot of different things um we did get to visit a church that's out here just to get connection and to uh my hope is to try to reach out to this one this this christian camp that's out here to see if God's going to use this camp to help us kind of get started or be a part of what we're planning to do for our future. So really cool thing is that God's kind of made it very clear what he would like us to do. It's just right now building up to that, I guess you say dream, because today is, is, is a very interesting conversation of the dream or vision that God has given me and my wife is been very eye-opening to some of the things that we've gone through that has kind of made us aware of why it seems like God is going in this direction, and I'm excited about it. However, I don't know exactly where it's going to, how it's going to look or where, how it's going to get to that point, but we're going to start somewhere and just see what God does. So this week is about my dreams to God's desires. I don't know about you, but I am sure when you're growing up, you had dreamt to be some type of either superhero, a knight, a soldier, a cop, a fireman, something that allowed us to feel like a hero. You know, we, we battle with trying to do everything with our own ability, our own strength, and our own understanding. But when we were those boys, we remember trying to be the hero of our stories. That was like our goal. And I remember like playing World War II out in, you know, with my best friend growing up. And I remember even taking a stick and making it into a sword. I remember, you know, uh, be, making armor out of cardboard boxes to be a knight. And I, I mean, it was just... That, that time frame, when we were young, we dreamt. And we fought so many villains. I mean, we even dreamt in some sense trying to save that princess, you know? But what happened? I mean, puberty hit us, and suddenly life got complicated. Middle school, middle school, middle school, high school, and college became a roller coaster of emotions, ideas, plans, desires. And it just seemed like it got to be less dreaming and more hard. You know, we were taught men shouldn't cry. We were taught, you know, got pick up our boots by the britches. We were taught 
that being a man means you got to have a house, that you got to be married, you got to have kids, you got to have your dog, you got to have the picket fence in the front. Like we, we were being trained in our minds to chase after this American dream. And we focused so heavily on that American dream that we forgot to dream. Want that to sink in for a moment. We got so heavily into the American dream, we forgot to dream. It just became about responsibility, money, jobs, identities, and things that we owned and what we looked at, that our manhood was built upon, you know, how many women we were with to... Uh, hobbies to promotions if you were stuck at your parents house you were a loser like there's just so many things that men failed at <laughs> that we realized that something's off something's wrong because if all that stuff was just to be what is image to be what a man is supposed to be why do we have so many men facing life alone and feeling broken inside? What happened to those dreams that we dreamt about? I mean, I could tell you this. I remember saying in high school, I would never be a pastor. And I do remember that the more I learned about what so-called what pastor life was like, the less I wanted to be a pastor. And it sucked because it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean... Some of you guys are probably pastors and you know what it's like. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes it can be really, really hard and lonely, but it's not a bad thing. Because there's times where I do miss being that hero, that childhood hero that I once was, where I defeated the enemies at nights and I was part of G.I. Joe defeating Cobra. And being that guy that stood for what is right and good. I mean, don't you? Don't you sometimes kind of wish you can go back to that time frame and mindset, right? Of course, people like to use the verse 1 Corinthians 13, 11, where it says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Now, I do feel like people use this as a manipulation tool and as a misunderstood verse to try to get young men to stop doing young men things or to stop them from playing hobbies because my parents tried to use it to get me to stop playing video games and you know it does bring a memory where i remember um my life was very boring i literally all i had was school my part-time job and then i came home and i had homework and then i played games for the rest of the evening, I didn't, I had all, all my friends that were from high school had moved away. I wasn't a partier, so of course I'm not going to be hanging out with the college crowd. At my church, um, I had younger friends, like they weren't, they were actually more of the youth group that I dealt with, but you know, they were younger. So it was like, it was hard. Like they weren't my age group. And then those that were sort of my age group, they really weren't really interested in being a friend with me um, because I was still older than them. You know, I was like, you know, well, technically I wasn't in the beginning, but 
we didn't really have a lot of young adults in the beginning of that church. I do remember. And I remember my dad coming down one time and I'm sitting here in front of a desk playing. Wow. And he was upset because it was like one o'clock in the morning and he goes, you know, how are you supposed to meet a girl if you're playing video games? She's not going to like it that you play video games. Well, my wife doesn't mind me playing video games. My wife actually plays video games with me. So um, that was something that God kind of gave me with my wife. However, what my dad asked was not the right questions, in my opinion. You see, one of the things that during that time frame, especially between middle school and young adulthood, guys need disciples or disciplers, people who will disciple them, mentors. They need people, I should say men, who love God, who serve God, and were willing to teach others about God. Because during that time, I, I, I felt more alone than my dad realized. Like, he didn't ask me what was going up. He was only concerned that I needed to grow up. Well, my dad also didn't have a very great child, child life growing up either. And so I know he, he was trying his best to try to figure out how to be a dad to an adult, but that wasn't the way to get me to grow up. And the thing is, I was grown up. I was working, you know, <laughs> quite a bit of hours for part-time. I was doing school, which was taking tons of my time. And then I was, you know, coming home and I was doing all the responsibility at the house. And then, you know, I was a part of the youth groups. So I was doing youth group stuff and helping them, you know, leadership. And I was part of the church stuff. I touched, taught a Sunday school class. Like there was so much that I was doing. Like, how much grown up do you want me to be? You know, that really stuck to me a lot. And I, I could see how it's kind of messed up some of my thinking process and how I've grown up and didn't really get to grow up like a young man like I could have. That's why, you know, I'm also pointing this out to some of you guys who might have sons, disciple them. Don't tell them to grow up. Disciple them. You want your son to grow up in maturity in Christ, which is what that verse is all about. Because if you guys know, it's 1 Corinthians 13, which is about love. It's about maturity in Christ. Understanding what love is. To me, the best tool that you could be doing to help your young people not lose their dreams but start growing up but make sure you understand where they're at you see my dad didn't ask me why do you spend so much time in gaming well one i didn't have a girl and i wasn't just looking for any girl i was looking for a godly girl and I, you know it was hard to find i'm not going to find her at a community college per se because there was no Christian group I was a part of. I couldn't find any groups that were part of there. And two, at church, yeah, there were a couple of girls that were, you know, good godly girls, but they weren't interested in me. So what am I supposed to do? So I'm not, I'm not, right now, there's no girl. And God's not asking me to start looking for a girl. Because that's, that's the thing during this time frame, you know, even though I had all my dreams, you know, I did have a dream. I was hoping to be married by 24, 
I think, or something like that, or 25. I think it was 25. I was hoping to have my own home by 20, 28-ish, and then starting a family soon after that. You know, I had this, in my mind, I was trying to do the American dream. But none of that was coming together. My part-time job was at Sears. I was trying to get my associate's degree in drafting where they had promised that we would make decent money drafting, which that was a lie. I never made even the, the minimal amount they told me I would be making. I didn't make it until four years later. I was making like bare minimum drafting. So even when I graduated and I got my first job, it was an amazing job. It's really bad, bad pay. So gaming became a world for me, a place where I can basically hide. A place where I actually felt valued, a place where I felt like the hero. The people I started meeting on there, you know, there was value. There was, there was somewhere to go. Like, you know, most people, when they're a young person, they, they go to, you know, bars, when, you know, when they're legal, so quote, unquote, legal, parties, events, activities like that. But I was at a community college. Now, community college is not the same as going to, like, a, like a four-year college university, like CU or CSU out there in Colorado. So what was I supposed to do? I wasn't interested in that lifestyle, that, you know, that world that these people were in. I mean, I met a guy who was literally a year younger than me, and he acted like he was 16. And I, I was like, I had no desire to be his friend. Like, it was just, I, I didn't want a child to run with, you know, to hang out with. And all he talked about was parties and drinking. I wasn't interested in either of that. So, me, quote, quote, being the online hero became my idol. And God had to shake me from that. had to get my attention it wasn't because of what my dad said it was because god asked me a simple question do you love me or do you love gaming more than me that got my attention actually soon after i stopped playing wow and i started really focusing for the next year on what it meant to be a man you see, the missing thing is discipling. I didn't have a, a man who discipled me, who prayed with me, who encouraged me that way. And you know, and I don't blame my parents because they were learning. This is, I'm their first child. They didn't know what to do or how to help an adult child. They didn't have that from their parents. Like my grandfather, my dad's dad died when I was like four. And then my mom's stepdad, you know, he's far away from being a good example. So neither one of them were trained up by two godly men who taught them things. They were learning this on their own. But after I spent time, you know, finding books like Wild at Heart, um, studies on what it meant to be a man, um, looking in scripture to have a better understanding, how to have a better relationship with God, because the key thing is I wanted to get to know God better. I wanted to understand God better. Spending a lot of time listening to worship music, getting more involved in the in the church stuff, and God got my attention. 
And I remember like a year and a half later, my sister was like, hey, Lord of the Rings is coming out. You should try the game. And I said, I'm not going to do that. But God then told me, he goes, I did not say to stop playing games. I asked you, which do you love more, me or gaming? I realized two things that came from that. The first one is this. What he was asking me was, is everything else more important than I, God, your Lord? You see, it wasn't just the gaming, it was everything. I had to had to get an understanding. I, it, like, it didn't make sense when I, you know, read several verses like it, it didn't all connect until this question when i started doing my my studying into more what it meant to be a man of god that's when it started clicking to me that god was asking me am i the head of everything in your life or is this gaming or is school is it our job is it the house is it getting new truck is it the wife is it the children he was asking me am i more important than everything that you have but i didn't say give up on everything i asked which was more important I started learning that my identity was was starting to be misplaced by focusing on things, on life, on choices, on jobs, on school, on positions, on uh, hobbies. Like that, that's where I was. I was placing all my identity. But when I switched, because my dream at the time was to be the hero i wanted to be recognized. I was I was always the background. I always called the background hero or the, the the background character in life. I was a star football player, but I was never really treated like a captain. I loved basketball, but I got benched for two years because I wasn't as tall or as quick as the other guys. But I was really good at it. People loved, enjoyed, enjoyed watching me, but I was always the background hero. So as, as, as I was growing up, you know, being a child, we dreamt about a lot of different things, but now what was I supposed to do after high school being done? And now like a young adult, I, and, and I was a nobody in, in my mind. So I wanted to be somebody, but then I made that somebody be my idol instead of God. You know, Matthew 22, 36 through 40 is always, you know, I always use that all the time, but, you know, it talks about the two greatest commandments. And the first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Understand that means everything. Everything. Everything is to God. Psalms 27, 4 says, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Well, today in the New Testament, we are the temple. Our body, the Holy Spirit, has entered us. 
that we have become the temple. So as we're seeking to the Lord, that means our everything is supposed to be to him. Everything. When that made sense, my hobby for gaming changed. My perspective on, on, on things that I did, it was all about who can I reach while I'm gaming and having fun and enjoying games. Like, I still have fun playing games, and I still struggle with issues in gaming. Like everybody has their struggle. I still have mine. But it's now I see the people behind the games that we play more. And the community, like on Par Fire Gaming, they're not just, you know, a gamer. They're people, so a lot of them are people that I've gotten to know over time, over the years. You know, there's connections and, and stories and hardships and struggles and loss and injuries and illnesses and sicknesses and, you know, pregnancies. And like, we, you get to see all of that come to life. You get to see those relationships actually have meaning. Some of them I'm connected through Facebook. Some of them I've met in person. Some of them I've actually had to help in person. But if I listened to my parents all those years ago that it was a childish thing, stop playing games, I wouldn't have that community. And from 2011 to 2000, technically even now, I would have been very alone, very alone, and very lost and very broken. But God used those people because I, when I made that decision to put him first, and everything, including my gaming hobby, it changed a lot of things. My dream started becoming God's desires. Because we kind of have a habit where we think that God only cares about our church life. However, he cares about everything. Is like looking at a boat or a house and you're allowing him to have access to every aspect. When I did a study with the young adults at Grace, we did Ecclesiastes was the book they wanted to read. And I was like, okay, you know, it's a very strange book. However, Solomon teaches two things. One, God is the most important thing. Most important thing. He should be first and everything. And the second thing he taught was because the world can offer nothing. It is empty, it is like shaft in the wind. You know, in 1 Corinthians 2 6 through 16, it's about wisdom. But the verses that stood out to me were 12 through 13 in this point. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So we are given the Holy Spirit, to give us understanding and access because the Holy Spirit is now in us. We, we have the temple within us. Excuse me, sorry. That we might understand the things freely given us by God. It's because of that Holy Spirit, we are given understanding. And because we put God first, now the Holy Spirit is going to give, it's going to change the, the, the dreams and desires of our heart into God's. And the more and more we spend time in prayer, studying, spending time with him, growing, being with other godly men, 
um, going to church, getting involved with the church itself, being part of a Bible study, um, but living out our life as we're supposed to. Doing what God has asked us to do in obedience. Live a life that's godly. You will see that your desires or your dreams that, you know, as a child that you once had suddenly are now very different, but they're definitely of God, not of man. And they're definitely not going to be filled with worldly desires. They will, they will not look like worldly desires. They will be godly ones. Verse 13 says, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting the spiritual truths of those who are spiritual. So the Holy Spirit is going to give us discernment and understanding of what we're supposed to do. Men in our lives, just like my parents and, and people in my life, who are like, well, maybe, maybe you're not supposed to do ministry. Maybe, maybe you're not supposed to. The Holy Spirit made it very clear in my heart. And I remember even my, my dear friend, Pastor Cross, praying with me. And he says, I can feel the calling on you, but I don't understand what God is doing. And that's what I said. <laughs> I feel the calling, but I don't understand what's going on. Things are starting to be more clear as in the past of those, those situations when I couldn't have, I didn't have clear understanding. God is clearing the understanding later because of what we're seeing in the churches and the change that we're seeing at churches and even, even in the seminaries. I mean, a lot of it is starting to be clear, but the one thing I learned in this part, part one section, before we go to the next one is that I put God first and suddenly everything started to change. Like my desires changed, my, my hope changed, my, my eyes changed. Doesn't mean I didn't fail. Doesn't mean that, you know, I lost sight or took my eyes off the road. Sometimes, you know, maturity has to come into play and being a young man, not having that discipling, which is why I keep pointing out discipling is very, very important, especially with middle school, high school, and young adults. If you can give it to somebody in that age group, it will help them four times more than you can ever imagine. But we're going to take a quick break and then continue. So the second thing that God taught me was this. When I understood that God needs to be first in everything, Scripture became alive. I know it's a strange way of pointing it, but it became more clear, more alive, more understanding, it, like the, the connection that God put. It was amazing. Because God asks us to obey, follow, and serve him. And I understood that even before what he taught me through this. You know, I, I, I had focused on my dreams of trying to get my job, blah, 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 and doing all that. But then suddenly I wanted to get into ministry. Well, you know, drafting was not going to be a part of my ministry life. I thought maybe it would be. Like I had it for a moment. I thought about, man, it'd be really cool to go and become an architect, get licensed that way, and build like churches for churches. Like actually be an architect for churches because being a Christian... And being an understanding of ministry, I would want to build a church for ministry that would work well. But that kind of faded away as God was really, because I was starting to listen to him more, was asking me to do ministry. 
Because you remember I said I didn't want to be a pastor, but now the doors are starting to open that direction. So it came down like you follow God or you follow the world. And I remember there was this cool clothing line that I was I loved. It was called Dot of This World. And it was huge during like the two thousands and everything. And I started like things just started connecting. Like my my life verse in I would say in college was Proverbs three, five, and six. And then in my early young adult it was Isaiah fifty five, eight and nine. Those two became more making more sense. You know, trust the Lord with thy heart, lean not to thy own understanding and all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. And then the other one was, you know, thy you know, um your ways are not God's way, your thoughts are not God's ways, basically. That's I mean that's literally it. And then um, you know, his ways, his thoughts are far beyond this world. And those two started connecting. I'm like, oh, you know, trusting in him without always trying to figure out what he's trying to do is because he he thinks far beyond than I can imagine or even think. So my my ideas of the dreams and thoughts of what I thought a man was supposed to be, maybe it's not just maybe it's not that. And so God kind of started teaching me. It was really cool because my dream in high school was to be an NFL running back and then a football coach. Well, that changed. Suddenly now I'm in my 20s and I'm super interested in ministry. You know, and I talk about Proverbs, or sorry, Psalms 37. There's, you know, you, you trust the light, commit to God, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart and bring forth your righteousness. Well, guess what? When you're trusting, delighting, committing, obeying, following, doing what he wants, it's really what happens is your dreams change. Your desire changes your heart changes and it starts presenting righteousness outside to people it starts looking different i never stopped dreaming i i kept dreaming because as as he kind of molded me and built me out in all these years and all the challenges i have gone through for all this decade the ups and downs, the struggles, the connections, the people I met, the times of, you know when I, I helped with another youth group and, and then even the job I got. All of that was because that's where God was teaching me or mentoring me to be more prepared to being the type of man I am today. I still have my struggles. I still even have health struggles. I still, you know, mental struggles. I've had, you know, emotional battles and demonic attacks and like it's just been it's been hard but it's also been neat to see how god has used all of this to build me up and to help me to be the type of man he needs me to be for this future ministry church plan that he has and because of the second thing of like the god's word became more alive to me I started seeing the connections to scripture. And then, and then I started seeing how it's connected to like the culture in our church. And it's just been really neat. So can we still dream? Are we allowed to still dream? I think we can. But if you put God first, it's going to be a path that may not be what you expected.
and it may not be done in the way that you would be you were expecting because he starts changing you from the inside because you are willing to allow him to change because you put God first he begins to change your inside transforming it into something different molding it into something different like clay because you remember in scripture he molds us like clay and even when he makes you and you shatter yourself because you made the mistake he uses gold like it's the story that i always tell people you know in japan if a bowl breaks they would actually use gold to seal in the cracks and that's what god will do he will seal in your cracks gold because he's not done with you just because you failed and fell off or you stopped focusing on him because the thing is sin will mimic the desires that you think you're supposed to have with worldly versions and i'll try to take you away from god so that you align your heart with the world Because you remember, we're in a constant state of battling. There's schemes out to destroy us, to break us, to, to mold us into more worldly people and not godly ones. So as you focus on God, making him first in every aspect of your life, then his word becomes more alive again. Because we go back to 1 Corinthians 2 14 through 16 last two verses says the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of god for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned so even though there's people that are unsaved that can't understand us even us, if we take our eyes and start focusing on more natural man or person desires, we start focusing on the word, then you start basically blocking the Holy Spirit's capability to help you see God and to walk how you're supposed to, to stay in obedience, to go to church, to be around other men. Like you've ever been to a point where you've been angry enough from life or whatever that you stop going to church, you stop hanging out around Christian guys, you start getting into more of your sins, you start um, enjoying doing other things other than godly things, you start kind of getting back into cussing, having a bad attitude, being angry. You, you kind of start noticing, remember, because I've talked about when you start not focusing on the armor of God and you start acting differently, it starts affecting your armor. It starts switching it into a worldly armor. That's kind of what, what's going on here, okay? And then verse 15 says, A spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. In other words, someone who is walking righteously, they can see what's wrong. So when they judge, they can see that. So verse 16 says, For, for who has understood the mind of God, of the Lord, so as to instruct him? We can never understand God fully because we still do have that aspect of us that still wants to be, you know, wants to chase after the sin mimics of this world. But we can have the mindset of Christ. Because as we start focusing back on Lord God being number one, 
um, his word starts becoming feeling more alive to us. And then there's that reconnection that we build again. When God is our focus, we literally ask him to be involved in every aspect of our life. We invite him to be a part of our life. Because we once had dreams growing up as a child. But because we focus on God, those dreams become God's. And we learn to submit to his will, trusting that he knows what's best. And stepping forward with no fear because God is doing a work in us. We are not done. We may have broken pieces off of our pot. Or our pot. We may have shattered on the floor. But man, does he pick us back up, put us back together, put that gold in the edges, and he will keep using us. But we have to be willing. We could be stubborn mules that just say, nope, 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 I'm not worthy. I'm not worth it. God can never love me. I've done too much. I'm too angry. I've, I'm too much in sin. No, he can. You repent. You ask him to make you whole again. You, you ask him to cleanse your heart and your mind and your spirit. You seek out things of the Lord. Because you do, you'll have the mindset of Christ. Because our dreams become his desires. Because our hearts have changed, our minds have changed, our actions have changed, our spirit has changed. Everything about us has changed because we put God first. And then his word becomes super powerful. Because the Holy Spirit's in us, and we are being willing to be transformed and changed. I hope this is a really good help for you guys. It's just been something that's been on my mind, and I do hope you have a great week. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for all this. I think that you have moved me, changed me, molded me, and even though when I failed and fallen apart and jumped right off the edge of the shelf and broken on the floor, you still were willing to pick me back up, put gold in the cracks, and keep using me, Lord. Because I was willing. I was willing to be obedient. I was willing to surrender. I was willing to let go of my dreams to allow you to fill them, my heart and my mind, with yours. I ask, Lord, that some of these guys who might be holding on to something in their life that's keeping them from seeing you use them fully, that they may let go. That they start putting you first in every aspect of their life, not just the spiritual. That they're willing to give up things like sins, even hobbies, family, Jobs, stuff like that, be willing to give them to you because <clears throat> maybe you have something more, but they're holding on to that identity, that desire, that that childlike dream on, on being the American uh, dream concept because they think that's what it means to be a man, that they can let go of that so they don't hold on to that. I pray, Lord, that we start seeing changes in men today in this United States especially even all those that are all over the world, that they start wanting to be more like you, being men of God, warriors of God, men that are godly, righteous, and upright. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
You guys have a blessed week, and I will see you next time.